Hey there, friends and family. Thanks for coming back to the podcast. I'm adding uh, just a little piece to the podcast interview starting this week where I'm going to give a brief introduction at the beginning just to familiarize the listeners with the guest a little bit more before we get started. I'll keep that brief. Uh, We'll get into our conversation. And then at the end, I'll sort of have a wrap-up just of thoughts that occurred to me after re-listening to the podcast, some of the things that stuck with me from the podcast because I'm always learning something from everybody that I talk to, even if it's somebody who's already a good friend. I learned something from sitting down with them in this format and take away some things. And I really like to reflect on things anytime I talk to somebody and kind of let those thoughts kind of rattle around in my head for a while. So then that gives me a chance to kind of do a wrap up at the end. But as we get started here, I was able to sit down with a friend of mine and an artist based out of Austin, Minnesota, uh, Mr. John Kittleson. Uh, John, John Kittleson is an amazing guy. Uh, his artwork is amazing. Um, great artist and an even better man. And he talked a little bit in our podcast about his artwork, about some of the challenges that he's faced specifically with some rare and very challenging uh health situations. So I had a really inspiring talk with him, really enjoyable talk with him. And we'll roll that right now. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. And I'm here with a friend of mine, artist, Mr. John Kittleson. How you doing, man? Hello, I'm I'm here. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you being on. And uh, it was nice to sit down and talk to you. And want to go through a bunch of different things, some of your artwork and stuff like that. But first, maybe just a little bit on your background. Now, you grew up in Virginia, is that right? Yes, I I, I've been, I lived there for uh, most most of my uh, my, uh, my my high school. All the way through high school, you lived in Virginia Virginia Beach, is that right? Yes. And then. Um, now, if I remember just from a little bit that we've talked, and then on your website and stuff too, there's some of your like under the about category on your website. Uh, you mentioned you got a pretty significant injury when you were pretty young, didn't you? Yes, I did. And what happened there? Uh, this is a wrestling accident. And what happened with that accident? Uh, well, so it was in, I think it was in eighth grade. Uh, the guy did a cross face on me, and he did put a lot of, he just put a lot of weight on my neck, and so it made my disc in my neck rotate, and which caused it to look like I had a stroke, and so that was a, a permanent uh, problem on my left side. Really? Yeah. So... I mean, how did that impact, I mean, the things you were doing athletically? Athletics kind of done at oh, that point then? Yeah, it just came to an end, just like, just like that. Yeah. And am I right? And that's kind of when you started getting more into art. Is that right? Yeah, I, I just I, 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 I just became more interested in art at that time. Sure. And then you were just doing it in, like, middle school, high school art classes, that sort of thing? Yep, yep. And then you went on, after high school, went on to community college, got a graphic arts de- degree, is that right? Yes, yes. And so what were some of the things that you were doing in graphic arts at that time? Uh, just just your computer layout stuff, and your Photoshop, Illustrator, stuff like that. Sure. Um, and then, eventually, you moved to the Midwest, yeah, <laughs> it was. What was kind of the uh, the impetus for moving to the Midwest? Well, I I had I had I'd always had an interest in in cows, and my my grandfather had a bunch of cows, and, and he had passed away. So I I was just the one that had just come out here and and decided to take care of the cows. <laughs> take care of the cows. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're still doing artwork at this time, though. 
not 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 as much, no. No. When you were doing art, like in high school and college, I mean, you were just were you just doing stuff sort of for the art classes, whatever your teacher you know had for projects, things like that. Yeah, but I I actually had a, my first art show in Virginia as well. Okay. And and that 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 went really well. And then I had a few different do few different other art um, festivals. And what kind of artwork were you doing at the time? Uh, more, more, like, more just abstract, uh, abstract stuff. Abstract. And what kind of media? Oh, um, like um, just um, I, I use I use um, oil pastels. Sure. And uh, I mean, so when you're doing abstract, are you working abstractions off of different things, different people, different whatever? Is it all kind of just out of your mind? No, I mean, I just, I just took, like, some images that I was working with class, and I just would make it into some sort of something new and fresh. Sure, sure. Yeah. And so you had a show or a couple shows in Virginia. Yeah. And then you move back, or you not move back, but you move to the Midwest. Yeah, all the way from Virginia to, to Iowa. <laughs> How was that transition? Uh, that was that was very different, different because I, I do remember definitely my first winter, and that was that was a rather hard winter for me. <laughs> I imagine we, we were just talking about we're in the midst of a seemingly long uh winter this year where we've been dumped on with snow and it's march 1st and we still have snow everywhere um but yeah i imagine that's a transition it, other things were there other things that were just sort of culturally different about moving to the midwest well just these small towns in comparison to like living around you no know, like seven hundred thousand people <laughs> right you know, like just these small and you have to drive every a little town in order to get there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so the whole time that you've been doing, you know, this artwork and you come back and start working with cattle and stuff, you're still dealing with some of the effects of that injury from wrestling, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, how did that impact the things that you were doing, not only physically, but like mentally, what were some of the things to kind of overcome as you're working with that, as you're getting into artwork, you know, was that affecting a lot of things at that point or not? Um, I just had to, I just couldn't move. My, my body wouldn't move as, as fluently as before. Sure. So I had to be a little more able to take, take a little more time in order to get somewhere. Right. Yeah. And then you're back here working, you know, doing the cattle thing, the kind of the farm thing, that sort of thing. And then you wind up having another health thing come up. And um, and so I get that right. It's rapid onset dystonia Parkinsonism. Is that right? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of lot of lot of words. It's <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just sort of briefly for people who don't know, kind of what is that? It's a, it's a neurological and muscular disorder. Uh, it just it's an, so it it affects it affects my uh, my my speech. It affects my my balance. And it affects my my dexterity. Sure, it's sort of I mean just to give people a reference, it's sort of symptoms are like Parkinson's. Yeah. It's not Parkinson's, but no. it's similar symptoms. Yeah. I have similar characteristics. Yeah. Sure. And I think just from talking to you before, from what I understand and correct me if I'm wrong is, you know, it's called rapid onset dystonia. The symptoms appear very quickly. So it progresses pretty quickly, but then it kind of stops, right? It's not like Parkinson's where it just keeps getting worse. Is that right? Yeah, it, it literally came on within two weeks. Really? Yeah. So how, how do you first start noticing this? Literally, it, like my, my co-workers thought I had a stroke. Really? And, and they're like, you should. And I was like, no, I didn't have a stroke. And so I went to Mayo Clinic, and they did a lot of testing on me, and... And it took a while, and they finally just finally were able to diagnose that condition. Huh, that's pretty. How old are you at this time? Like twenty-seven. Sure. 
That's pretty crazy. That's a lot of like stuff to go through already by the time you're 27. I mean, you already had the one injury that you know took some overcoming physically, mentally, and then now you've got this condition. So, what sort of your mindset initially when that comes on? I mean, it's sort of a, I imagine it's not a real common thing. No, it's it's, it's actually rather rare. Yeah, and so I I didn't know. I had no idea what to do because I I couldn't I couldn't work my job anymore because um it was a it was a labor intensive job right so I was I was so I had to just do something different <laughs> so I mean so what was the mindset what were you thinking you were going to do at that point I don't know I mean I mean I I, I ended up focusing on my art yeah. But, I didn't. I didn't. Have, I didn't have a plan right away. Sure, sure. Were there things that you kind of went to as sort of a, like a little bit of a pick me up in that area? I mean, you know, you and I have talked about before. I've had you know some different health things too. Certainly not the same uh, types of things or sort of life altering in that way. But uh, just you know, I I remember looking for different things like okay, well this is sort of like picked up my spirits or something I could kind of pour myself into. Were you looking for some of those same things? Sure. Yeah. yeah. What were some things that you found that were helpful? Um, just sort of uh, keeping me a little more positive, hanging out with uh, youth. Oh yeah. Or just uh, hanging out with people at the nursing home. Sure. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think. You know, for me, I when I was going through some of those health things or whatever, it was still really important for me to keep teaching, like just being around young people and like that, you just sort of that positive energy, that life sure. I thought was great. And mm-hmm. then sort of still feeling like, uh, like I was making a significant contribution with oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so where does... You know, you start focusing on your art more, but when did you really start like, okay, hey, this is kind of what I'm going to pour myself into is the art side of things? Well, mainly after I started realizing that this is going to be a condition I'm going to have to have. Right. And and I was like, well, I'm going to have to. So around that time, I started really focusing on my art at that time. Sure. And, um... Let's talk about your art a little bit. Did you start right away, sort of stylistically, with the stuff that you're still doing now in terms of like use of color and media and that sort of thing, or was it kind of progressing into that? It was definitely progressing into it. I, um, I, I do a lot of head portraits right now. It's it was kind of just like just your your basic portrait of a dog. Yep. And then and then when I first started and. And then I was, and then as it, as it, it just progressed into something more, more into, more, just more color now. Sure. Um, what, if we're going to put links on, uh, you know, on all the SoundCloud and iTunes and, uh, YouTube and all that stuff to your website so people can see your artwork, you know, go there and check that out if you go to johnkittleson.com. But, um, you know, people can kind of look at it as we're talking, but, you do use a lot of color. I just always think it's really awesome. Like the images that you create, there's a lot of different color. And I don't know if you'd call it sort of like, it's almost like an impressionistic type of style. Does that sound about right? Sure, yeah. Where does that, you know, come from? Is that something that you were purposely trying to kind of create something stylistically that was a little different? Or were you always attracted to sort of like the impressionistic type of artwork or did it just sort of come out as you were doing those things? I mean, like with, with, with any, with any artist, they have to find their own style or find their own uh, look. Right. And it, it took a while for me to, to, to gain that sort of look that I have now as an artist. I mean, it's, it, it has, it has more to do with your, you know, persistence and and just what you're willing to just sort of try, right? And, and what you feel comfortable with after a while, and and uh, I've been very blessed with as an artist. I I've been finding the right sort of um, the right sort of colors, you know, in my portraits. Sure. 
when you're doing something, are you thinking ahead of time? Like you planning out the colors that will go together or like complementary colors or things like that? Um, not, not, necess- not necessarily. I just try to, I try to look at like, uh, so I, I work from a two-dimensional form. Yep. And paper. And I try to do my best to make it look three-dimensional. Sure. So you're still thinking about, like, color gradients, meaning, like, where it's dark, it's still going to be dark. Where it's light, it's still going to be light. But you're changing up the color aspect. Yeah, yeah. So, and then you work pretty much exclusively with colored pencil now for all these portraits and stuff. Yeah. Where did the colored pencil come from? Was it, like, just an easier media to work with? Uh, for, for me it is, because yeah. I have dexterity issues, so, um, holding pencils, I've had to learn how to hold them differently. Sure. And it's still, still, commas is the same thing, I just have to hold it differently. Sure. What, was that a big transition? I mean, I... I think that'd be very difficult to someone who like paints and draws, you know, like I have the way that I hold a pencil. I mean, was that in itself just a big transition of like, oh man, how can I, how can I move this thing now with the dexterity ability that I have? Like literally you have to just have to just do the best you can. And, and that, that is what I found to, to suit the, to suit it. Right. Yeah. You just kind of found the thing that worked. Yeah. Just the rest and, and I, I don't use pencils. I don't use those those hand pencil sharpeners. Okay. I I have to have electric sharpener. Oh, to, to just for the dexterity yeah. to try and sharpen it. Yeah. So. So then, when you're doing it, you know, I've seen you, uh, you know, work a little bit. It was nice when you were uh, living in St. Anne's, where you'd come up to the art room once in a while, mm-hmm. where I teach art, um, and it was cool. You just do some art and kind of hang out with everybody as we were doing our classroom art stuff. So I've seen you work a little bit. Is there much like editing as you're doing things? I mean, I'm always just impressed watching you work as you're laying in the different color. There doesn't seem to be a lot of like erasing something and changing it and going back. Is there ever much of that process or it's kind of just continually laying in the colors to you're getting the shape that you want? Um, no, I just, I just sort of go with different layers and then I just sort of, uh, I just I've been doing it long enough to kind of kind of have a better idea what I'm doing. Right. But all this is just you just sort of you just get a nice color and you kind of go from there. Sure. Are you do you do sort of a, an initial outline of what the image is? I mean, if you're doing a dog, say, are you doing sort of an initial outline of the shape of the dog and then you're laying in the color? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you're going back in and adding those color values. And oh things. yeah. Yeah. What ha- so you you mentioned you do a lot of um, pet portraits. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot of other things, but what kind of got you into that, or what drew you to doing animals, particularly doing sort of these pet portraits? Well, to be honest, like as an artist, you have to find um, something that pays pays money, right? And portraits were uh, was something I just actually my my my, my wife suggested I should just. Do something like that. Sure. And I was like, so I was willing to try it out, and yeah, and so I, I've done done a lot of them since then. Yeah, and that I know that can be a difficult thing, you know, when you're working in the fine arts, if you're you know trying to make money off of that sort of things. What are some of the things that you do then to market? We mentioned like the website and stuff, but are you? You know, then trying to get into art shows, trying to do different things like that. Yeah, and I I, I do a lot of uh, because I, I I do a lot of dog portraits. I, I I go to a lot of dog events or dog um, dog shows or dog dog stuff like that, and then I just talk to people about what, what the service I have. Sure, just sort of that face to face networking a little bit, and sure. word gets out. Some mm-hmm. is that ever? A, that's something that. I don't know, sometimes I don't think I'm very good with like the sort of face to face networking. Was that something that you kinda had to get used to or that kind kinda came pretty naturally, just talking to people about the things that you were doing and what you want to do with your art? 
Well, yeah, it, it, it definitely came with the process of being an artist. Sure. You, you, you definitely had to learn um, how, just how to talk to people uh, and, and basically sell your art, you know? Right. You know, it, it does no good, you know, in your house, you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, you just have a room filling up with your own artwork? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So are you, do you still have time to do just things that are sort of your own at random or are you most of the time doing commission stuff for people now? Well, I, I, I just started doing more art for uh, feature shows. Oh, okay. Yeah. So stuff that you'll have on display, like when you go to something, that sort of thing? Yeah. yeah. So then you're kind of trying to stockpile, or you're trying to stockpile like some different stuff to show some different types of things that you've done or... I mean, doing a lot of different animal things to kind of well, display that. Well, so I, I'm trying to get into a show, and so um, I have to do new new art in order to um, be geared in. Okay. And then, so if you're getting into a show like that, I mean, there's a submission process, like you're sending in pictures of your stuff and yeah, seeing if you get it's in. A, it's, a, it's an online application. Okay, okay. And then... How are you getting, I mean, are you getting commissions from people just from at these shows? Are people going to your website and getting a hold of you to do commissions um, and stuff? Well, I, I just I just go and talk to people. Sure. I, and so, yeah. Gotcha. So, if you're going to, you know, it's interesting as an art teacher, it's always nice when I have some students who, you know, are really interested in visual arts, but it always seems like something that's not like uh viable career option you know what i mean and it is sort of a difficult thing like you talked about getting started and making those connections but for students who want to pursue stuff like that because you've you know done sort of the degree route and graphic design and, and doing the fine art stuff do you have advice for people who are like hey this is what i want to do i want to do this art thing yeah i mean i would say just get get your degree yeah sure and then just uh and then if if you're an artist, I mean that, that that's that's wonderful. But just um just 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 keep working on the side, and then just do this, do this art things. Just try to build build up your name. Build up your name. Yeah, and so and so hopefully eventually you can, you know, like quit quit, quit your day job, right? And focus on your art. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's that's really good advice, and I think a big part of it, like you said, is you just got to keep working at it. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? I think that's a thing. No matter what it is, people run into they they want some results right away, and yeah. that's usually not in the cards. Um, so you have to keep hammering away at it. Uh, that's really good. And you mentioned, you know, kind of building up your name. What are some things that you try to do, like, beyond the networking? Like, what do you want your artwork to sort of represent? Or when people think of, hey, it's a, you know, John Kittleson piece, what, are, what do you want them to sort of think of you and the artwork? Um, just probably the ability to overcome, like, things in your life. And, you know, you're able to uh, just see, um, just see positive things. Yeah, you know, through hard work and through discipline, um, and so I, I would say my art is just um, a combination of just being able to overcome things and just over, just um, just staying positive after, after after changing yourself of that. Right. What about art specifically? Was sort of the place where you found some solace. I mean. You know, was it sort of a therapeutic thing as you got into it? Oh uh, yeah, I was able to create and uh, and just um, let my 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 perhaps my bad day go to rest. Sure. And just sort of um, just focus on creativity and, and doing something that I enjoy doing. And then and it just so happens that I was able to do some art for someone and get paid for it. So then that, that just sort of manifested into something different. Sure. But, but yeah, it started out being uh, um, just a wonderful opportunity for me to focus on something I enjoy doing. Right. 
And I, th- I uh, always think, too, that the idea of creating something that didn't exist before, I find kind of, uh, I don't know if it's therapeutic or it's a really cool thing. Like you had this idea, you know, you have sort of a way of picturing something and then you make something and then it's something that exists that wasn't there before. Yeah. So as you were, you know, transitioning into like people starting to buy your artwork and stuff like that, did that, how did that, I guess, direct some of your goals for like, okay, here's what I want to do next. Or how did you start to build up some of that? Or how did you get into the website and like all those sorts of things? Well, just as a professional artist or someone who's trying to become a professional artist, you got to have some sort of website. Right. Yeah. You know, so other people that you don't know can see your stuff. Right. And you want, you just want to be more, as professional as possible. Right. And you just want to give off that, you know, this this is what I enjoy doing. And so. So then logistically, if, say, somebody, you know, gets hold of you, it's either somebody that you meet at uh, an art show or somebody contacts you and they want a portrait done, uh, let's say a pet, because you do a lot of those, what's the process? And then are they sending you some different pictures that you can look at to be like, ah, this would probably work best, back and forth like that? Or is it kind of a, like, hey, here's the image that I want, then you kind of go from there? Uh, it depends on the person. Sometimes this is all the pictures they have. <laughs> right. Uh, sometimes I, I try to sway them into thinking uh, a certain type of picture. Sure. But it all, it all comes down to... Like what? What they're looking for? Um, like I, 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 I really try to take their needs or what they're what they're trying to do with the artwork, you know, into effect when I do my artwork. Yep. But it, it still is my artwork that I'm trying to, you know, just my style. Right. So, so they 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 definitely should know the style that that I have. And so yeah, it's it's um it it tends to be a it tends to be a, a wonderful thing when when you have someone who who has to asks you to do art for them. Yeah, yeah. And is that a point of satisfaction or pride too when you get something done and send to somebody like, hey, like you know that's going to be hanging up on somebody's wall or that's going to be something that they you know cherish as a whether it's a memory of a pet or something like that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's an awesome feeling. Yeah. And I've been doing this for five years, and it's still it's still an awesome feeling that when people people like um like because I I I will mail stuff to them. Right. And 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 then I'll get these pictures of of them of it on their wall. I think it's such an awesome an awesome thing to see my art on on someone's wall. I mean, yeah. That's really cool. That that is pretty cool. Did did you ever find time, well, like you talked about your style. I mean, people need to understand that, you know, this is the style that you're doing. I find sometimes just like as an art teacher, a lot of times you have people, you know, people contact me like, hey, would you want to like paint this for me or like draw this for me or whatever? And I, it's always, you know, well-intended, so I don't mean it to sound like bad about anybody. But, you know, some people be like, hey, would you want to like paint this thing for me? They're sort of always be like that's like that's not really my wheelhouse. Like art is such a broad thing. Uh-huh. Like that, like that's not the way that I draw or paint or you know something like that. Did you ever run into that as you were kind of trying to build your name, build your style, where somebody would want something and you kind of had to be like, well, but like this is this is the art that I'm doing. It's sort of this impressionistic color, you know, type of thing, and they wanted something totally different. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, you, you don't want to turn down, turn anyone down. <laughs> sure. You know, especially when you're, you're up and coming. And, but yeah, I, I have people asking to do like their, their houses and like, and so I, I did the best I could. But it probably wasn't what they wanted. But that's, you know, <laughs> you do what you can. Yeah. Just, just no. So when you're, especially when you're building up your name, you're you kind of of the opinion that like you don't turn any work down 
Mm. You, you take every opportunity that you can. Oh yeah, yeah. You just try to just you just take it and then you just do as best you can, and then you just try to go on, uh, and you sort of learn from those different opportunities, and then and then, then you sort of keep focusing on on what you want to do. You know, as an artist. Sure. No. So sometimes, I think that's a thing that creative people, you know, struggle with sometimes too, or especially if you're doing visual arts is this idea of like, yeah, you have in the back of your head where you ultimately want to go, but sometimes you have to do some of that work that maybe wouldn't be your top choice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think sometimes you know, like I work with young people as a, you know, middle school, high school art teacher. And I'll see that sometimes is sort of an, I, you know, a lot of people, ah, I don't really want to do it if it's not like my favorite thing to do, but that is an opportunity to learn and grow too. Like, I like the way that you said it. You said you take the opportunity and then you do the best that you can. And so is that how you look at, you know, every job that you're taking is it's, Hey, this is another opportunity for me to grow in my craft and grow sort of the brand that I'm creating. Sure. Why not? Like, it's just like someone's paying you to work for them. Yeah. You know, and, and they can, and, and there are thousands of artists out there do the same type of thing you do. Right. So if you get any work at all, and I think that, that that's a, that's a entirely huge blessing. Sure. So even if it's not the thing that you enjoy doing, like like like, like dogs or whatever you enjoy doing, you should you should say like, oh wow, I have a portrait to do, I have art to do. Sure. Have you found then though, after you know, really doing this specifically for five years, has it gotten to a point now where it is a little more like people are coming in? knowing sort of the type of work that you do. So now they're seeking you out because of that. Um, so it, it still takes a lot of work. It's, yeah. it's, it's not like I can just uh, stop. I mean, <laughs> it, it still takes a lot of work in order to, um, the, to uh, get your name out there. Like more, more than just your, um, your local area or your your friends. Yep. So it just it still takes a lot of work in order to get out of that that circle of of the those those, those people. Um. So you have to do a lot of like a lot of perhaps a lot of social media stuff, and you have to perhaps just just go and um just go to different areas that you might not go to. Right. So then back to kind of just the work specifically we're sitting in your uh kind of office space where you work um and just kind of looking around at some of the pieces are you typically working at a similar size when you're working oh yeah i, I do 11 by 14 size 11 by 14 that's everything's 11 by 14 well that, that, that that's just a standard size i work out of sure yep and if yep. someone wants something smaller or something bigger that's, that's just different right right but, yeah but when you're, you know, creating something on your own or when you're mocking something up that, you know, people want, it's 11 by 14. Yeah. And then, so if you're sending something out to somebody, are you then, so you get the finished product and then you are mailing that out to them or how does that, what does that yeah, look like? Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I, I put a mat on there so it looks really nice. And, sure. And then, yeah, I just box it up here at my house and mail it to the to address. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. How long, if, I mean, I know different things obviously take different amounts of time, but how long, say typically, are you, if you're doing like, say, a dog portrait, something that you've done a lot of, like, how how many hours are you putting into that picture? Uh, it takes about six to eight hours. Six to eight. Oh, six to eight. Gotcha. Pretty good. So then, um, like, say in a given week, like, what does your schedule look like working on artwork? Uh, I just, I, I try, words try, <laughs> I, I really try to do like uh, two, two hours a day. Sure. And, and really spend time on my art and try to get something, something done every day. Right. And so, um, 
you work at a school also. Yeah. Yep. And so you work during the day, and then if I understand, so then in the afternoon you're coming home, and then that's kind of your time when you're working on art stuff. Yep. And then so two hours a day is that something where you know is two hours sort of about the limit of like physically kind of getting tired at that point or mentally like yeah two hours is about as much as i want to work on it well it it depends on like if it's a it just depends on what, what kind of stage i'm at sure if, if, I, if i if i'm almost done then just go ahead and get done <laughs> right. if i just start then i'll just then i'll just be done that day yeah or if i, if I uh whatever, whatever. I mean, sometimes I, I need to i'm in a rush Yep. And I just need to get something done, like, just now. Other times, I don't have a deadline, you know? Yeah. So, it, it just depends on things. Sure. How busy are you lately with, uh, like, orders from stuff? I mean, how many do you kind of have going on at one time? Um, As of late, I, I've, I've had a few. Yep. And then, I, I, I typically range about a couple of months. Sure. So that's, that's and and then that's that's been that that has been over an average of about two a month. Sure. Where would you? I mean, what are your goals? Where would you like to see the art stuff go? What do you kind of want to do next? Um. Well, I, I don't know. I, I for for starters, I, I just like to have a consistent two or three a month. Yeah. You no, know, for for. Even though it's just six months, when you have that consistency, yep. Um, I don't, I don't quite have that as yet. And then, and then in terms of like, in terms of even farther goals, I would like to just get into do more, more vigorous shows around the country. Oh yeah. So I can get different, different audience. Yeah. So, but as an artist, you have to, you have to think like bigger, bigger thoughts, bigger ideas. Sure. And and sort of um. Like somehow implement those ideas. Yep. It, it it may take years. It may take a while. But hey, you you have a focus and a goal to get there at some point. Right. So. And is that just what you try to stay focused on when it does you know seem like a long process when it is a couple of years? You're just like this is the goal, so the time frame maybe doesn't matter as much. Um. Well. <clears throat> Um, so, yeah, I, um, I, I really try to focus on my art, like, as soon as I can, so that I can, um, you know, I get some art done, so I'm not, so I can just sort of work my way up to that deadline. Yep. Um, because deadlines, the, de- 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 deadline for the, for the show I'm working for is in May. Yep. So I, I'm just slowly trying to work toward that deadline. Gotcha. Um, and, but yeah, there, there's a, I had to have about 20 pieces done. For this art show that you're yeah. talking about, yeah. So you're, uh, submitting stuff for art show right now, we were talking about this beforehand, off mic, um, just sort of the process of that. So as you're getting, different art shows are different, but for this particular one, what is this art show? Can you say what this art it, show it's is? It's up in Duluth. In a, okay, in Duluth, Minnesota. So, yeah, so I guess to clarify for people listening, a lot of our listeners are around here, but there's others from other places. So you live in Austin, Minnesota, southern yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and so, like, Rochester is relatively close. Um, but so this is a show up in Duluth, Minnesota, which is kind of, that's up farther north. If yeah, you're not familiar, it's, it's getting closer to Canada. Um, but beautiful up there. And so when you go to get into a show like this, so you said for this show you have to have 20 pieces of artwork. No, I, no, I, I just need five. Oh, okay. In order, in order to fly. Okay. And they, they want, you want to have at least 20 because you have to, to, because they're for sale. Oh, on display at the show. Yeah. Gotcha. So I, I have until August to, to have those 20 done. Okay. So you, so just for people listening unfamiliar with the process, so you submit just like digital pictures as an online application. Yeah. You're submitting pictures uh, of five pieces of work. Yeah. And then you get accepted into a show. Mm-hmm. 
And then this one has the expectation you have 20 pieces of art at least mm -hmm. that are going to be on display for sale, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then the show is in August? Yeah, I think the first weekend of August. Okay. That's cool. And then is there, I mean, is it just like a big outdoor art show? Is it yeah. inside of it? A big outdoor? Yeah, it just has, yeah, the tents and all that stuff. Sure. They're, uh, I mean, is it sort of an all-arts event, or is it just fine art stuff? I mean, I've, you know, I've been to some, and there's music and all sorts yeah. of different things, vendors, you know. Whatever. I mean, it's, it's, right in, it's right in the lake. Oh, okay. So, it, it's a, I, think, I think this is one of the biggest art shows in the area. Okay. Is it down by, like, the pier and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, I in, think so. In Duluth? That's, that's pretty cool down there. I like that a lot. I stopped there last summer i came down through duluth i was up camping and stuff and i'd only ever been to duluth before to play football uh, <laughs> in college so it was nice to go and see it uh from a different light um but yeah that'd be uh pretty cool are you so i mean that's kind of the next immediate show goal and then that's kind of what you want to keep doing is trying to get into some yeah, more shows yeah i haven't done shows in a long time and so i'm trying to get into doing that again Right. I did uh, I did more shows in Virginia. Sure. And then it became uh, more difficult when, when, I, when I started this 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 condition. Yep. And then um, so and then I'm gonna try it again. Sure. I think that's awesome. And you talked about just um, you know, you always I'm always inspired by you. Seem to handle it. And I, you know, I don't even really think about it very much. Like the you know facing the rapid onset dystonia that sort of thing what challenges does that add for trying to travel and do some of these things i know you do travel a bit but what you know what challenges arise for that um so i i i, I use a chair a power chair yep and there's just there's just some challenges to uh to setting things up and um so yeah i i mean sure i mean but as long as you ask for help, typically there's someone that can help. Sure. Was that ever a difficult thing early on? I'm always, uh, I'm always bad with asking for help. I, I'm the guy who usually will like do something poorly on my own because I don't want to ask for help. It, was that difficult at first or not? Um. Yeah, I, w I would say yeah. Uh, it was. I mean, you're sure, but yeah, it's kind of. Get over your pride and, <laughs> and go and just just ask for help and oh and most 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 people can can see can right. see that you need help and so they're they're willing to help so yeah but a lot of times it's just this your just willing to ask for help sure well then you have I've seen your van is a pretty cool setup you've got your van that your power chair drives into and locks into place yeah and then then you drive with the regular I mean controls that's not uh -huh. adapted all it's just adapted for the chair so that's nice for getting around locally mm -hmm. and then if you're flying or something I mean what challenges uh, does that bring up well I have to use my walker okay and then then I have to as we like wheeled down the terminal, sure, and then I have to get on the airplane. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it can be challenging, but you know, I I can still do it. Yeah, yeah. So when you go to like this art show in Duluth, for instance. I mean, does getting into one bigger show like this kind of open the door to more shows? I mean, you just make more connections, or then sure. you can kind of throw it on the resume that you were at, like this show type of thing. Yeah, and yeah, and then okay. then you see, yeah, that, that, that's how things typically work. You sort of you sort of um, you get in one show, and then then and you make it in a different show. But a lot of these shows went they went original artwork. Yep. So you can't transfer. Like, like a certain art to another show, another show, another show. Right. So right. They, they want they want new art, new art, new art all the time. Gotcha. So what original type stuff are you? I mean, so I suppose that kind of adds a little bit of uh, another time constraint if you're making something for people that's commissioned work that you're going to mail out. 
but then you have to make these other pieces too that you want to take to the show. I mean, is that kind of, you're doubling up your work a little bit? Yeah. When you're making stuff for, say, the Duluth show, are you still focusing on, like, the pet portrait types of things? Are you trying to show some other types of stuff, too? You want a little variety or try to focus in on, like, hey, this is kind of my wheelhouse. This is you know, what I'm kind of trying to represent. Uh, no, I, I've actually done a bunch of sailboats. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some of those uh, sailboats. Those are pretty cool. So just showing, like, some different stuff, too. Yeah. And then I imagine, I mean, will you show some pet things and stuff there, sure, too? Sure, yeah. But, but a lot of times uh, for, for a festival, you don't have stuff to sell, not, not stuff to get the orders for. Okay. So you want to be able to sell something to someone? Sure. No, rather than... No, get order, orders from someone. Okay. Yep. Some, sometimes it works. I mean, I'm, sure, I, I, I can mention, I can mention to someone and say, hey, I'm also, I'm also a portrait artist. Sure. But, but they want a lot of times people want people want to buy something. Yeah. So at the day of the show, I mean, the focus is kind of like moving some merchandise right then. Sure. So are you then trying to think of? creating stuff that's maybe kind of a broad appeal or, you know, you want to offer a variety to try and catch somebody's eye and move some things? Um, yeah, I want to, I want to see what, I want to see what sells. Yep. And I want to see what, what people are interested in buying. Sure. And, that, and I'll probably do different, do different things like sailboats or lighthouses, stuff like that. Sure. And try to get, to see what, what are, are interested in. And maybe, maybe even the following year, if I go again, then I'll know. Yeah. What Gives you a chance. Kind of a litmus test. You get to test the waters a little bit and yeah, see what's sure. And, and, and then I, I should be able to see different clientele. And sure. Are you thinking, like with Duluth specifically, they do have the lighthouse and stuff there. I mean, so is that part of the thought process you're thinking like yeah, people in Duluth this may have some appeal sort of the sailboat the lighthouse that sort of thing or not yeah, really. yeah 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 I mean it's a it's a it's a good like sailboat area yeah people, people love sailboats people love lighthouses sure and so you, you so you know targeting that area you know with a specific artwork yeah you know and then see I mean the reason why I go to dog shows is because I can target those 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 people. Sure. And so that that that's how you're able to sell art is you know targeting the customer. Yeah, you're you're finding the market. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I don't have a lot of other stuff, man. Do you have anything else? No, I just I just thank you for. Uh, Invite me on your podcast. Oh man, it's my pleasure. I enjoy talking to you every time we get a get to hang out, which isn't uh, as often as we'd like, but uh, I appreciate it. And uh, just to remind everybody, so we will put John's website, which is johnkittleson.com, um, and that'll be in the description for this podcast on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on YouTube, on my website. That'll all be there. Um, so you can go right to John's website and you'll be able to see on your website, there's the links to all the social media stuff and all that, mm -hmm. um, to like your Etsy account, all those things. And then you can see a lot of John's artwork. So, um, if nothing else, I really recommend go check that out. See John's artwork, check out his about page. You've heard a little bit of, uh, his story, which is always inspiring to me and his positive attitude. So uh, thanks again for being on, and thanks, everybody, for listening. No, yeah, thank you. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to John share his story, uh, some of his story, and a little about his artwork. I know I sure enjoyed talking to him. And now just for our little rap session at the end, uh, this is something I decided to do in part because I don't know uh, that I'm very good at interviewing all the time when we're doing these. and In fact, I'm pretty certain I'm not always so good at that. So it's nice to have those conversations. But I think in general, in conversation, 
I tend to like to hear what somebody has to say and then kind of think about that for a while. I'm maybe not the quickest with my thought process or the way that I talk when I record something individually. I know my youngest brother who's been on the podcast will play uh, my recordings at one and a half speed to save time because I'm not the fastest talker. Um, But every time I sit down and do one of these interviews with somebody, it's a great thing for me because even if we're friends, the podcast type thing sort of forces a little deeper conversation. You know, maybe they're conversations that we've had or... Um, you know, little pieces of those conversations, but you know, it's, it's a great thing to just set aside time to just sit down and talk and we get the bit while we're actually recording, but then there's always sort of the before and after where we're, you know, very informally talking too. And I always take a lot of things away from those. And when I would re-listen to one of these podcast interviews, Um, I typically would listen to it once or I still just listen to it one time through to make sure the sound and everything is okay, but I would kind of just listen to it for that, for the sound. I don't particularly like hearing my voice on a recording, so it was just sort of for that, but some of the things that, you know, would come up during interview would kind of be rattling around in my head anyway, Um, And I've been trying to just re-listen to it after the recording a little more closely. One, to be critical of myself, to clean up areas where I stumble over words or a way that I could ask questions better, keep a conversation going a little better so that hopefully these continue to improve. But also, I come away after listening to it with a lot of really great things that the guests had said And then just for myself, I like to revisit them and think about them a little bit. So I want to do that now just with some of the stuff that John talked about. So if you're tired of listening to me talk, by all means, go ahead and shut this part off. Um, But so here's some of my thoughts just with talking to John. You know, I I made a few notes as I was re-listening. And one of the things that he talked about when trying to stay positive, especially after uh, being diagnosed with rapid onset dystonia Parkinsonism, was hanging out with youth. That kind of struck me. John works at a school uh, during the mornings and then does his artwork and he, um, you know, hit on something that really connected with me because even when I was going through a lot of my health issues or I was in kind of the the deepest point of it, even when I didn't feel very good physically, it was very important for me to still go to school, to teach and to coach because one, it's something I love to do, but I think there is just a life, a vitality, a vibrance that comes with working with young people. I've had the privilege to work with some teachers who've been in the education game for a really long time, and the ones who I admire the most and take the most away from are those who still have that youthful exuberance about them, and I think that can be a really powerful thing when you work with and connect with young people. So that stuck out to me right away as he was talking. Um, The other thing, just sort of some little quotes. I like little aphorisms, little pearls of wisdom that, you know, come from anywhere. And that was part of the, part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast was just this idea of, you know, everybody's an expert in something. Everyone has insight into something And we don't always know people's stories or their insight. And we can always take a lot of good things away. So some of the other things that John talked about, I I liked, you know, he said something to the effect of, you just do the best you can. And he was talking about the challenge of learning how to hold a pencil in a different way to do his artwork. 
after his uh, dystonia set in. And, you know, it's little things like that that so many of us take for granted. And I always appreciate John's point of view. Um, always so positive and just talking about you do the, do the best you can. You know, that's the way it is. You know, he mentioned uh, in another part just talking about diving into his artwork when he realized this was it, that he had this condition. The condition was something he was going to have to live with. So I really liked that, um, his positive attitude all the time. And that's something that he talked about is he wanted to be known for or have his artwork reflect just keeping a positive attitude and overcoming challenges. And to me, that's really how I picture John. And I think that's just an incredible attitude for everyone. A few other things that he talked about was when doing his artwork, and I think the quote or how I wrote it down was, uh, he could go and do his artwork and let my bad day go to rest. I just thought that was a powerful little aphorism, especially with, you know, if I'm a creative person, so that's kind of how I think of those things too. If I'm able to sit down and write or draw or fiddle around on the guitar, or something like that, those creative endeavors a lot of times provide that opportunity to let my bad day go to rest. I love the way that John phrased that. Just being able to pour into something that way and maybe process some negative feelings or experiences or let them go for a little while. I know... When I was in the worst parts of my physical health issues is when I really started pouring a lot more into writing because there was something therapeutic about it and something about those health issues that made the creative process seem all the more relevant and important. So I really loved that quote by John. Um, I also like he just talked about opportunity a lot. You know, even in situations that, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of people wouldn't approach as always a positive thing, whether it was a simple thing like somebody wanted a piece of art commission that's not normally what he would do John described it as an opportunity an opportunity to create something for someone else an opportunity to practice his craft and I think that's great a lot of times I feel all people um, I'm guilty of it too we don't want you know we don't always want to be uncomfortable or we don't always want to do those things that aren't the things we think we'll enjoy doing or the things we know we'll enjoy doing. But if we can frame everything as an opportunity, even difficult situations or even things that on the outside aren't our preferred, you know, our preferred option, if we can frame those things as an opportunity, I think that's a really powerful thing as well. Um, you know, John said a few times that, you know, it's a blessing to create art for other people and he feels blessed and things like that. That's something he echoed when we were talking off mic too. And I always think that's so wonderful when you see somebody like John who has clearly faced some challenges. You know, he had a really life-changing freak injury as a middle schooler that altered the course of his life and then at 27 years old gets this rare and life-changing medical diagnosis and continues to stay positive and see the blessings that he has you know John talked about his traveling and things like that and you know even said things like yeah it can be a little difficult on uh, an airplane, but you can he can still do it. 
So I appreciate that very much as well. Um, another quote that I wrote from John, and hopefully I got it fairly close, just as I was jotting down listening to it, but he says, as an artist, you have to think bigger thoughts. I just think that's a really beautiful quote, too, that, you know, as a creative person, as somebody who uh, likes to pour themselves into art, and art could mean all manner of things. I just like that idea of you have to think bigger thoughts. And, you know, whether that could be in the context of talking about growing your brand, your name, your artwork, those sorts of things, um, or just in life. I like the idea of thinking outside the box and framing things in a different way and thinking sort of grandiose things. So I really like that quote. As an artist, you have to think bigger thoughts. Um, just the last couple of things. Um, I appreciated John also talking about asking for help. That's a really difficult thing to do for a lot of people. I know that's a very difficult thing for me to do. I don't particularly like asking people for help. And yeah, I've tried to get better with it as I've gotten a little older, even if it's just a like home construction project or something like that. It's amazing, you know, by having one other person helping me it's doubling the manpower, but it seems that it makes things four times easier. But I've always struggled with that, still struggle with that, just to ask people for help with things. And, you know, part of it is I like to be self-reliant, and I know a lot of people do as well. But John framed that in a powerful way, I think, when he just said, you know, talked about getting over one's pride and asking for help when when we need help um and the last thing that i kind of jotted down i kind of just you know shot down a bunch of different notes was just john's work ethic you know he said at one point just keep working and he talked about trying to work on art for two hours a day and i think that's a great thing because you could look at it two different ways. I think, you know, maybe some people would hear that and go like, well, two hours a day maybe isn't that much if it's something you're really trying to focus on. But I think it was Earl Nightingale who um, did a lot of motivational speaking stuff. He's kind of a, I guess, older motivational speaker, uh, but has some great stuff that you can still find on YouTube and things. But I think it was Earl Nightingale who said, if you spent an extra hour a day studying your craft, you'd be a national expert in under five years. So that consistency, I think, is so important. You know, John talked about trying to work on art for two hours a day. Well, if you're doing two hours a day, you're going to be an expert. If you can consistently do that day in, day out, and there'll be some days maybe where that doesn't work out or you're busy and things come up. But if you can consistently do that, that just compounds those skills that you develop. So I thought that was great. And, uh, you know, John said a couple times about just keep working and that sort of thing. And then I guess the very last thing, I had one more thing written down here. Um, he said, build up your name. And... You know, that could be taken as a literal idea of just if you're trying to market yourself, if you're doing, you know, any type of endeavor, a business, artwork, whatever it might be, trying to build up your name, just getting name recognition. But I also like just that idea of what does your name stand for? You know, what does our name represent? You know, when I asked John that, he said he wants to, you know, be known as someone who's always positive and a message of overcoming difficult things. And 
I just think that's a great question for all people to ask themselves is, you know, what do you want your name to represent? And then I like John's phrasing of build up your name. You know, build up your name through, to me, you know, as I just contemplate on our conversation, it's this idea of, you know, build up your name with your actions, build up your name with the things that you're doing and trying to put into the world. And it sort of goes back to that that eulogy type of idea of what are the things that you're doing that people are going to remember? How do you make people feel? That's what your name means to me, and that's what it means to be building up your name. So anyway, um, if you've continued to listen this far, I appreciate you uh, checking this out. As I mentioned before, you can find all of John's contact stuff in the description of this podcast. And uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, uh, all the listeners out there. And thank you very much.